All right. Um, there won't be one passage we'll focus on. We'll have different verses and different chapters to hit. Uh, you guys remember what we learned about last week, right? We did Revelations to the of God. Uh, oh, I'm not, I'm not refusing. <laughs> um, but we were talking about how John was like looking at God like this and seeing a few things. Well, we assume that he's looking at it like that and how he was describing God in different ways. Um, so I wouldn't say I was inspired by that, but eh, you, can, you can call it that. You can call it a continuation, whatever it is. But today, we'll talk about the names of God. Uh, there's been like thousands from my research, lots and lots of names of God in the Bible, right? Uh, but today we'll focus only on a few of them. Not, not Jesus, just, just God the Father. Just, just like make it smaller. Uh, and you might ask, why do we need to know this? Why would you teach this, Yabi? Now uh, I'd say, so in, in the ancient, like in the times of back then, right, when, when they named people or when they named things, it wasn't just, oh, Fifi or like Sally looks cute. Let's just, you know, throw that on somebody. You know what I mean? It wasn't just like, I don't know, it was just a random name that got planned. But you know what I mean? It wasn't like, Josh, Josh sounds cute for a guy, so I'm going to name my guy Josh, and then that one will be somebody else. Most of the names they named their children, most of the names they named places, they named things. It was for a reason. And almost all of them had meanings, right? Um, Abraham is the father of nations. Uh, prominent example, Nabal. He was um, Abigail's wife, and she went to, to David when, you know, Nabal was disrespected David, and she's like, he's like his name. Nabal means foolish. She's like, he's just, it's just his name. Like, his name describes who he is. Um, and I can give you so many examples. So when people name things, they're describing the character, the purpose, uh, or who they see the person as. So when God, when, when people say, like, Jehovah Jireh is to say like, oh God, he, God will provide. So it, it's not just a, a, a name, oh Jireh sounds so cool, slap. Like, it's not like that. So all the different names describe the different characters of God. So if, if we zoom out, all I want you to gain from today is who is God? What are the characters of God? And how do you know God? Do you know God just as God is Father? Do you know God as God is my shepherd. Do you know God as God is everlasting? So we will try to talk about the different characters, the different explanations, personalities of God in, in the best way that I can today. The rest, go home and research. Thank you. All right. Uh, we will start off with the big names. Uh, Elohim, Yahweh, those are the main ones. And then there's also Adonai. Uh, and then there's, under Elohim, there are like, there's El Shaddai, there's El Roi, there's other El something names. And then under Yahweh, there's Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, like other names, okay? So we're gonna split it stands on its own. 
and then the rest will just go about it. So Adonai, uh, it's mentioned 434 times in the Old Testament, uh, mostly in Isaiah and Ezekiel. So Adonai means Lord or Master. Uh, Adonai, when it's singular, it's Adon. It just means Lord. Uh, and it's referring to a person as a Lord. So like, you know, Master, like your boss, basically. Um, so the thing with Adonai, uh, it describes the, the Lordship of God, that he is above all, that he is the Lord of Lords. He is the, the master of all. He's above all things. Um, after, I don't have dates on here, but, okay. So Yahweh was a name that people in Israel, they never dared to say. And so when they translated the Bible from Hebrew to Greek, they started replacing it with Adonai. So in every place where there was Yahweh, they just replaced it with Adonai. So you would find Adonai more than Yahweh. But that's about Adonai. Uh, and <clears throat> they would put Adonai when God refers to the Gentiles and Yahweh when God refers to the Jews. So they both mean Lord, uh, but Adonai would be for Gentiles and then Yahweh would be for the, for the Jews. Uh, Elohim, it means God. Did you sign a reviewer? I, I did. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Elohim means God. It means judge. It means creator. So we find this first in Genesis 1, chapter 1, in the beginning, God. So in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Um, it's mentioned over 2,000 times in the Bible. It means creator, mighty, and strong. So when you hear Elohim or El something, it's God, creator, um, judge, plus something. And then we'll talk about Yahweh. Then we'll go into our other sects. So Yahweh also means Lord. Uh, it's mentioned over 6,519 times in the Bible. Uh, it was first like mentioned in Genesis 2-4, but the most prominent one that people talk about is in Exodus, 13, uh, Exodus 3. But, I wish I can write, but Yahweh is spelled out, or in the Hebrew text, it's Y-H-W-H. So Hebrew doesn't have vowels. They only use consonants. So, YHWH, how do we get Yahweh or Jehovah? People just added consonants. Uh, like, you know, the people with the big brains, the people who study Hebrew and all of that, they said, we, let's add, you know, Y-A-H-A-W-E-H, make it Yahweh or make it Jehovah. So they, they're both the same. Yahweh and Jehovah is the same, okay? It's the same name. Uh, if you guys are interested, the four letters, it's called a tetragrammatization. Uh, it's Yod, Hey, Vav, and Hey. Vav. Okay, Yod, Y-U-D, H-A-Y, V-A-V, and H-A-Y. <clears throat> People use this out of spiritual discipline, like there's like the Yahweh breathing and stuff like that, but that's further. So, um, 
going back to Yahweh, nobody in, in, in the ancient Israel times, nobody referred to God as Yahweh because they believed that's a very sacred name. Um, if you remember, one of the commandments was don't take the Lord's name in vain. And they took that very seriously to say, we are not even going to call his name. So it was Adonai or Lord. Um, and so the only people who used Yahweh were the priests who are serving. So only when they're serving, they would call to God. They would, they would say God Yahweh. Yahweh is the only name that God said, I am Yahweh. All the other names that we're going to talk about is people saying, you are this, you are this, you are that. Yahweh is when God said, so you can go to Exodus chapter 3. Verse 10 through 15. So you guys remember the story of Moses, right? Mm -hmm. Moses was born in Israel, or, well, Egypt. He was born from an Israelite family. But Pharaoh wanted all the boys killed because he saw that every, like, the Israelite community was growing, and he said, they're going to destroy, like, they're going to create an uproar, like, and then they're going to take my power. So he said, every boy that's going to be born should be killed. The mom took Moses, put him in a basket, and put him on the river. Pharaoh's daughter picked him up, raised him. Moses grew up in, in the house of Pharaoh. And then, uh, I'm just going to summarize the story, okay? He grew up, he saw two Israelites fighting, and he's like, no, it was the other one first. He saw an Israelite and an and a Egyptian, right? And then he stopped one of them and accidentally killed one. Then, then when he saw the two Israelites fighting, he said, why are you guys fighting against each other? You're basically brothers. And then they're like, well, you think you're our ruler now? So he got scared, so he fled. Uh, he went to, you guys remember that place? Huh? Jethro is his father-in-law, but he went to the place where they're at. And, huh? Midian. Midian. Thank you, yes, Midian. So he was at Midian. And... At one point, God revealed himself to him in, in the burning bush, right? So he saw a burning bush that was, well, a fire around a burning bush, but the bush wasn't burning itself. So he stepped closer to see, you know the details. God tells him to take off his, his shoes because this is holy land. Mm -hmm. um, and then, okay, God tells him to take off his shoes. So then he says, I see the cry of my people. And I want you to go, to tell Pharaoh to let go of my people, because let go of my people so they can worship me. Moses, like most of us, is scared. <laughs> He's like, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring Israelites out of Egypt? I'm reading it straight from the Bible right now. Mm -hmm. And God said, I will be with you, and this will be a sign to you that, I, that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to Israelites. I am, or Yahweh, has sent me to you. God said this to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, or Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever and the name you shall call me from generation to generation. So when they translated Yahweh, uh, it's I am, or you guys know the verb 
most of you guys took Spanish, right? Like to conjugate to be, the to be verbs. So it's like the I am, right? So I am or to be. So it's not just I was God. So most people say uh, God is saying I was God and I will be God. Or no, I was God and I, or I will be, I, basically it's I am God. Yes, it's, it's not I was who I was. Thank you. It's not I was who I was or I will be who I will be, but it is I am who I am. So I am in the past. So before everything, I am, not, not me, God. Uh, <laughs> but before, like before everything was created, before time was even a thing, before anything, God was I am. In the present, God is I am. Tomorrow, God is still I am. Why is this significant? Because God is a self-existent God. He doesn't exist because time exists. He doesn't exist because people exist. He doesn't exist because situations or, you know, creations are there. He is I am before everything. He is still I am, and he will always be I am. Our existence does not change who God is. So this is how big God is. He's eternal. He's self-existent. He is self-sufficient. But at the same time, Yahweh is how God refers to himself as a relational God. God is so big. If we go back, he was He's I am, not he was. He is I am in the past. Joyous is eternity past, eternity present, eternity future. And throughout all of time, or before the existence of time, which is hard to fathom, he's the I am. He's the one that never changes. He's the one with the most authority. That great God, that, that magnificent, I don't even know how, like you, you lose words when you start to explain it, right? But that, that big awesome, mighty, whatever, etc. that God is relational. That God refers to himself as Yahweh, as, as the relational God of the people who is close, who is near. He is self-existent, but he still wants relationship with you, with you, with you. With everybody, he wants a relationship. So it's not just, I'm just big, and I don't want anybody near me. I want you. So he's the Lord of Israel. All right. So those are the big categories. So let's start with El Shaddai. It's Elohim Shaddai. Um, commonly translated as Lord Almighty, uh, the all-sufficient one. Uh, we find it in Genesis 17, first one. Uh, and it says, and when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am El Shaddai, walk before me and be perfect slash wholesome. Uh, I'll give you a context of that story. Um, God appears to Abraham and he tells him like, um, be perfect, like not like have no blemish, but more of like live according to my laws, to my statutes. And um, then God says, I will make a covenant right now. And in that covenant is that God is blessing him with, he is 99, but he says, I'm going to make you a father of generations. Uh, 
Abraham at that time, again, he's old, Sarah is old, but God is almighty. God is above all. Uh, so when we hear El Shaddai as the name of God, we know that he is above all. He is the mighty one. Uh, he has the ultimate power above all. Uh, that it, people also translate it as the overpower, that there's nothing more powerful, more dominant than God. So anything he wants to do, he can and will do. So another translation uh, comes from the Akkadian word sadu or shadu, meaning mountain. So when people, <laughs> when people uh, saw God on the mountain of Sinai, right? Did I say it right? Sinai, yeah. Sinai. When they saw him on the uh, when when they saw the power of God, not God Himself, but when they saw the power of God on Sinai, they they saw the God of well, not the God of the mountain, but like the God that you know they saw the glory on the mountain. So they say it could be close to that. Another, which I couldn't make my mind you know accept it fully, but I'll just tell you guys because I'm teaching. But it comes from the Hebrew word shod. Shod means breast, and People see it as a more God is nurturing, as a mom breastfeeds her daughter, I mean her children, and nurtures them. And as a child, back then, now there's formula, I get it. But back then, that was the only source of nutrients for the baby. If the baby's not breastfed, they'll die. Because babies don't have any means of living besides their mother. So they see it as nurturing. So El Shaddai, God is almighty, God is the overpower, God is all sufficient, but is also God will supply all your, like your necessities, right? You are sustained by God. So not only that he is mighty and he's above all and he's strong, but he also sustains you. So you are not alive because you want to live. You're not alive because the situations are, are you know, mashed up together. It is because your sustainer makes you live. I'll should I? Go to El Roy. Uh, El Roy is in Genesis chapter 16. It means God of the seeing or the God who sees me. Okay, backstory on this one is we're going back to Abraham again. Abraham has this covenant with God where God tells him that he's going to have a son from Sarah, but he couldn't wait. Sarah's old. They make an agreement with Sarah, and he has a daughter. He has a son with Hagar, Ishmael. But once Ishmael is born, Hagar is more contempt. Sarah is mean to her. Well, and then she's she's kicked out of the house. So Hagar has Ishmael, and she's going away. Um, can somebody pull off Genesis 16? And. Uh, start from 10. Genesis 16. Mm, hold on. Mm, I think it's a little before 10. Yeah. <laughs> okay, start from... I can read it. Okay, okay I'm starting from like halfway of 4. <clears throat> when she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abraham, You are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. 
I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abraham said, or Abram said. Do with her, do with her whatever you think is best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road of Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The, the angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that, you will be, that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael. For the Lord has heard of your misery. He will, he will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him and he will live in hostility towards his brothers. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me, for she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Okay, we can stop over there. <clears throat> so in her misery, in the time when she said, my master hates me, so she, all she knows is them, right? So if, if, if you're, right now, if people fire you, you won't care, right? You get fired, you find another job. If you get kicked out, it hurts, but most of us have family, we have friends, like, if this person doesn't like me, I'll go there. If this, at that time, everything she had pushed her out. Everything she knew pushed her out. So she has nobody. She's, she's in the wilderness. That means, she, in her mind, at some point, she's just going to die. Nobody cares. Nobody sees. Everybody thinks I'm an awful person. So she's alone. But the angel appears to her and says, I heard your cry. I heard how you were mistreated. And so she said, El Roy, I see the God who sees me. This is important because whatever you're going through, wherever you're at, you're going into high school, it is scary. I don't, like, you might tell me and I might not un understand the full extent, right? I might understand, oh, it's high school, it's hard, there's that, or you're going into college and you don't know what to do. You're going from freshman year to sophomore year and it's hard. You're going to be a senior, you don't know what to do. We all have our own things, right? I'm starting a new job. It's like, whoa, what's going on, right? When I was gonna get married, I was so scared because I was like, I'm alone by myself. Oh my gosh, what to do with this one? <laughs> right? At every moment of your life, it doesn't even have to be something new. You get mistreated by people. You're trying to do your best, but someone says something about you or people don't understand. That happens a lot, right? You try to tell them something, they don't get it. But there is one. There is one who sees you in any situation that you're at. If your mom doesn't understand, God understands. If your friend doesn't understand, God understands. Because, because he is the God who sees. He's not just, oh, I'm Yahweh. I'm on the throne. I don't care about you guys. He's also the God who's near, who sees. He doesn't just care about Abraham. Who's, who's the master of the house, he cares about Hagar, who's the slave of the house. He listened to what Abraham needs. Abraham needs a child. 
He listened to that. But Hagar needed someone to be with. She wanted someone to see her, to notice her, and say, your child will be okay. Your child will be a lesson. She needed someone to tell her a blessing. So in your distress, in your hard times, I'm not the one who's going to be there. Your best friends are not the ones who's going to be there. Your parents are not the one who's going to be there. It's God. It is God who sees. It is the God who hears. But here's the thing. Did God see Hagar just then? Was that the only time he saw her? Was that the only, it's just, just, oh, she fled. I think I should look at her now. That wasn't it. God's been seeing her her whole time. This whole time he's been seeing. He's been listening. He's been listening the whole time. The thing that changed is now Hagar knows that he sees her. God's been seeing you guys. He's been hearing you guys. He's been hearing me. He's been listening to me. Every time I cry, every thought, every doubt, every question I have, he sees and he hears. Now, do I know that? Sometimes I forget it. Sometimes I live my life like I have no God. Like there's nobody who cares. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to pay the bills. Where is this going to come from? Like I don't have a God that provides. Right? Sometimes the small problems are huge for us because we forget that God sees that God cares. Because in our minds, I am responsible for my life. But as we talked about earlier, the one who sustains you is not you. You're not alive because your parents are alive. Sorry, it's just facts. Right? I mean, you came to the world because of them. But your existence is because God carries you. So remember that. Hagar saw the one that sees her. So when you hear Eroi, it's not just God sees me, but make sure you see the one that sees you. Make sure you know that he sees you in every situation. All right. I don't think we'll go to the Jehovah's today. We'll just do the else. We'll do the else and we'll stop. Um, we only have a few left, meaning five. But <laughs> the other one is El Elyon. It means the most high God. It's been 28 times in the Bible. It means the most high. Uh, E-L-Y-O-N, for ones that are writing. Uh, it's, it E-L-Y-O-N. Elion. No, no, I mean like the Oh, okay. The most high. The most high or the most sovereign. Which means he does what he wills. Ain't nobody going to tell him why. It's not, you're not going to challenge him. He's above all, like, like El Shaddai. He is sovereign. Right? Um, when I think of this, I remember in, in, in the book of um, Job, I said it correctly, right? Yeah. I always say Job, but Job. <laughs> God challenges Job and says, where were you when I created all these things? Were you there? Are you the one who consulted me? When I do all these things, when the thunder roars, were you there? No. Nobody was there. Uh, so he is the most high God. Uh, next one is El Eloah. E-L-O-A-H. People say it's the, it's the plural form of Elohim. 
So uh, they interchangeable on Genesis 1-1. It's either God Elohim or God Eloah. And it shows the trinity of God. If it's plural, it shows the trinity. Focus. Focus. Uh, it, means, it means the same thing as Elohim. It means mighty, strong, and prominent. Let's skip that one. All right. El Olam. O-L-A-M. I like this one. Uh, El Olam means the everlasting God. It means the God of eternity, the God of the universe, the ancient of days. Uh, I think this is Psalm 19. Uh, maybe? I just put the actual verse and forgot to put where, where I got it from. No, this is not it. Uh, I'll just read it, and then I'll put it in the uh, family chat where I found it. But it says, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, you brought forth the whole world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. So. Oh, that was Psalms 90, verses oh. 1 to Good. Five, 4, 5. Okay. How'd Psalms you find 90, it? Psalms 90, not 10. It is 90. Thank you. <clears throat> you should always sit next to me. <laughs> yes, so Psalms 90, verse 1 through 4. So it describes God's, how God is eternal. How from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Um, he's the one who turns mortals, which is us, us everything else turns it back to dust. And then a thousand years is like nothing to him because he's been there before time. He exists outside of time. Okay, two more. Two more. One is El Gibor. G-I-B-H-O-R. Gibor. It means mighty God. This is more referring to Jesus. Uh, it's in Isaiah 9-6. Uh, it's like a prophetic portion of Isaiah. It talks about uh, Jesus as a mighty warrior. The Messiah, the mighty God, will accomplish. Uh, and like he will destruct the enemies of God. I'll do my last one, and then we'll pray. This one, I was like, what? This one is there? I'll spell it, and then I'll pronounce it in a way I can, okay? L, and then Q-A-N-N-A. -N -N -A. I just said kanna. <laughs> and I was very proud. <laughs> Q-A-N-N-A. -N -N okay. Kanna. Like, in the Amhara, kanna, jealous. So I was proud because I was like, Amharic oh, is so close to Hebrew. 
I don't even need to read the translation for that. I know that. <laughs> yes, it means, it means uh, the God that is jealous. It's actually found six times in the Bible. Uh, but so this is in terms of marriage. Um, in the Bible, God refers to Israel as his wife, uh, that they are his people, or Christ is the husband of the church. Uh, and so when God finds Israel worshiping other gods, when they go, you know, find idols and, and, and do other things, he treats it as, as, as a marriage relationship, right? As Israel is running away, basically cheating, uh, he calls Israel adulterous, uh, like you have been an adulteress, other details. Uh, but as, as a husband doesn't want his wife to hang around or do other stuff with other men, God doesn't want his people to worship other gods. Other gods are not shiny objects. They are not things that we build. Well, they could be. They could be your time, that your money. They could be your children. They could be your friends. They could be your fame, your title, your body, whatever. But anything that takes your time, your devotion, your attention from God is your idol. And God is a jealous God, right? He's not gonna say, "Oh, she left. Okay, whatever." He is jealous. When every time Israel fled, Israel went and worshipped other gods. God leaves, turns his face from Israel. And what happens? Almost every time, Israel is captured by other countries. Israel gets a plague. Israel gets so many harsh things that happens to Israel because the protection of God has left, because the face of God has left. Now, I'm not going to say every time something happens, every time you like turn your face on God, you get every plague that happens in your life. But that God, the God that we talked about today, Yahweh, the one above all, it's, no, it's like not with you, because you left. It's not God, that God doesn't want you. God always wants you. It, here, here's what amazes me, right? In, in the Old Testament, Jesus wasn't there. I mean, like he wasn't active like, people are not saved through the works of Jesus. Right now, we can say we were righteous because of the works of Jesus, right? We have, Jesus paid the price for us. It is paid in full. So when, Jesus, when God sees us because of Jesus, he sees us as righteous. In the Old Testament, God didn't see people as righteous. They're not righteous. Jesus does not pay the price then. But even then, God wanted relationship with people. It is that relational God, it is because of that, that Jesus came to the earth. Because he loved you and I. Now, if a famous person, like any famous person, we freak out if they know our name. Well, forget that. If they acknowledge us and just wave, we're like, ah, he waved at me or she waved at me. Don't lie, that happens, right? Who do you like? Your celebrity. Who do you admire? <laughs> Bruno, Bruno. 
somebody from your, your basketball teams. But, or that. Like, say you're in a Titans game, and one of the players points at you, just directly as you, and waves or something. You will probably lose it. You will. I would. Not a Titans person, but somebody I admire. If they look at me and say hi, they might not even know my name. They just wanted to be kind. Does this and does that. I'm like, ah! They noticed me. Oh my gosh. Like, you know what I mean? Now, if they know your name, comes to you and say, Yonatan. Actually, like that. Yonatan. Not even Jonathan. That person says Yonatan. You're like, oh my gosh. Like, you would think you are somebody. But, but you are somebody. But you know what I mean? You would think you're like up there. Like, that would make your day, your year. I don't know. You're a big time portion of your life. You'll remember that and you'll talk about it to everybody. Some funny things. So people who work, used to work at the airport, they would see famous people, right? And would like, you know, people who work at the airport. And they would try so hard to like get a picture with them. And for that whole year, that's all they talk about. I got a picture with so-and-so. I got a picture, look, look, <gasps> he hugged me. Like, God, we're not talking about a football player. We're not talking about a musician. We're not talking about like, I don't know, your celebrities that you adore. And I'm not saying it's wrong to have celebrities. That's not what I'm talking about. But God, the one that created heavens and earth. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Nothing was made that has been made without him. Everything that was made, everything you touch, everything you see, you smell, everything was made by him. He is the great God. He is the Alpha and the Omega. One of the names is Jehovah um, Sabaoth. I don't know it in, in Hebrew, but and Amarinya Sabaoth. But it means the Lord of hosts the Lord of the angels. That God wants you. He's not waving at you. He's saying, Yonatan, I love you. And for you, I will give you my one and only son. For your life, because I treasure it so much. So the reason I wanted us to talk about this today is because Maybe we know, maybe we don't know, right? But the more you get to know God, the more you get to, to get to know him, the more you get closer, then he's not like this very far removed, you know, some people, when you say, imagine God, they say this big thing with a big, sorry. <laughs> but like with a big white beard on the throne, just sitting like this and with a loud voice, like, He's very far removed, but he is near. He is close. <laughs>